Welcome to Mike's Camera Action, the podcast where magic meets reality. As always, I'm your host, Carl, and joining me, as always, is my co-host, Alex. Howdy. And this week, we've got another guest, Jackson. Hey, guys. Nice to see you, Jackson. Thanks. So, Jackson, you picked out the movie this week, so it's something special um, because it's the first time neither Alex nor I have picked picked one, and it's the beginning of, for the most part, now we're going on to guests' picks. So, Jackson, why don't you introduce and tell us about this movie? Okay, so I had picked a recent film, I uh, in 2016, a movie known as Kimi no Nawa, or Your Name, by mm-hmm. Makoto Shinkai, an animated film in Japan. Yep. Very popular movie right now. Mm. It easily beat out all previous animated films. Oh, really? Yep. It's the highest gross, or fourth highest grossing film in Japan of all time. Oh, my God. Um, eighth highest grossing animated film of all time. Wow. 19th highest grossing non-English film worldwide, and made Damn. $355 million in the box office. <laughs> So what you're saying is you pick you picked out something mainstream for us, Jackson. Yeah, you don't want to go, you don't want to go into the deep stuff. <laughs> oh, deep stuff. I, Jackson, tell me more about this deep stuff. This Japanese deep stuff. We all know Japan's weird. Every oh listener will know that. Uh, very, very popular film. It's currently mm. second ranked on my anime list. For any listener who doesn't know, that's similar to IMDb. But for the animu, right? for the animus, the the animu IMDb. Um, and Makoto Shinkai is an extremely well known director in Japan for mm. animated films. His two other films I can think of are Five Centimeters Per Second, interesting name. But it's ranked. Okay. It's well received. Mm-hmm. It's ranked like 600-ish in my anime list. And the other one is Garden of Words, which is much more popular. It's 270. Okay. Those are both his, I'd say his, his previous biggest films. Yep. Nothing like Your Name. That one blew yeah. up. Okay. Hmm. I, I, I get why, though, that film is. I, I'm glad you introduced us to this. Because it was real. I really enjoyed I I went into this having no idea what to get out of it, and I really enjoyed it. Yeah, I, like, I was the same. Like I was like, all right, this is an anime film. I have, a, I have like a lot of experience like with shonen type of stuff, yeah. considering that's what I grew up with, like mm-hmm. watching Pokemon and Dragon Ball, Dragon Ball Z. We all pretty much grew up with shonen. Yu-Gi-Oh, yeah. Naruto, um, Naruto Shippuden, like that sort of stuff. And so, see, I know I'm not really into like the depth of the ma- anime sort of stuff here. Mm. And so like I watched this and I'm like, I don't know what to get out of this. And then the end, like I was halfway to crying. Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. the ending just got me. <laughs> That ending, though, it's still, like, it's a powerful, like... It's a strong message. Yeah. I liked it that it had two endings, kind of. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like you had the... There were multiple f- bits where I felt like if it ended here, I wouldn't be upset. I was almost expecting it to end when they showed the meteor crater. Yeah. I was like, oh, oh is, is that it? Like, yeah. sure enough, that's not very far into it. But I was like, "Oh my god, is this the movie?" They could oh have my been god. like when he woke up on the mountain, goes home. Yeah, done. You could have been there. Oh, that yeah, would have that would have killed me. me but because oh, he, he was like, so sad. "Why am I here?" Yeah, like, oh, who, that would be who was so crushing. And I was like, "What the hell, man?" He's like, "Oh." <laughs> my favorite part about watching this with you guys though was when mm-hmm. the meteor was revealed, like the hit. Yeah, yeah, that was huge, dude. Because I remember, I remember him being. I remember I was watching it, and he was like, "The meteor will be at its brightest tonight." And he's like looking up, going, "What? What? What comet? Like at the end of the when the date's over, you'll be able to see the meteor in the sky." And he's like, he looks up and goes, "What comet?" Yeah, what and that's that's about? when it's like, wait a minute, what's going on here? So he tries to call it, but no one picks up. Yeah, and then he just says, "That was the last time we ever switched." 
But like, what what did you think like when you first saw it? Were you like going through similar stuff to us? Oh yeah, it was very much similar emotional reactions. Mm. Like I went through the whole the shock when the big climax came through in the meteor. I went through the whole emotional ending. I, exact same feelings went through me. It's it's quite the experience this yeah. movie. I haven't had a film, like, actually, like, elicit that much of an emotional response to me in a while. No? Like, a lot of the times it's like you've been like, this is sad, you know, Mm. but, like, this actively got me. Like, especially considering I wasn't watching it, like, in a cinema. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, like, because a lot of... my bedroom. Yeah, Yeah. you're watching it in a spare bedroom. (laughs) Yeah, considering a lot of the times, like, you know, the cinema setting, like, enhances, like, the effect of film, Mm. I've always found. So, like, watching it in, like, your bed... Jackson's bedroom (laughs) was like, I was like, all right. But no, it got to me. From now on, Alex will only ever watch movies in your bedroom, Jackson. Uh, No, Be thankful. (laughs) So you, are you doing anything later tonight? <laughs> <laughs> Go away. <laughs> hey, I'm thinking about watch, watching Hereditary. Do you think you can spare your bedroom for a little bit? <laughs> no one else is there. It's just me Just crying. me. <laughs> yeah. Just me going, oh, man, this experience is so I'm going to go like, eat some food. <laughs> He's just going to be in the middle of my room. Yeah, I'm just going to chill out. <laughs> yeah. What about you guys? I wanted to ask you, what was your like one of your favorite points of this movie? For me, I think the most impactful moment was definitely the reveal of oh, um, how was it? yeah, Itamori is just a crater. Yeah, like the moment when he's he's trying to track down this place and thinking like, okay, where is this woman? Where has she been? And he's drawing pictures of what he remembers from having swapped into her body. He's trying to like picture like, okay, do you know this mountain range? Do you know this? And and hunting through uh, these Japanese provinces. And then that reveal of, like, this ramen... Just in a backward... In, like, some boondocks ramen place, the guy goes, Oh, yeah, I used to live there. That's, you know, that's Itamori. And then, so he comes to this place, he finds it, and that's just a fenced-off area with a big crater where there was a city. Yeah, there's, like... That's definitely the moment they hit for me. The whole thing was that there was... They had, like, this crater lake, but now they have two. Yeah, it was just, here's the lake, and then here's the second lake. Yeah. Where a comet hit. Yeah, I like how I like how they sort of like they hinted that it happened before. Yeah, like, like her grandmother had it happened before. Because they talk about how the comet comes once every like one thousand two hundred years. Yeah, and the grandmother was like, "Oh, the um, what's their last name?" Uh, I can never I, remember that. I can't remember, name. but the family, the family, um, hmm. the family had been there for like a thousand years, watching over the area, sort of thing. Yeah, keeping traditions alive, sort of thing. So it's like, hmm. it's like. They were there when the last asteroid hit, and like, and that's why like towards the climax, Mitsuha's grandma's like, "Oh, similar thing happened to me," mm. and Mitsuha's like, "Maybe this is why because of the comet." Yeah, it's the Miyamizu family. Miyamizu, yeah, but yeah, like the whole Miyamizu, it's like shown like, and then like later, the dad references that the mother did the same. Yeah, it's like all the Miyamizus have gone through this. Yeah, something like all the women have gone through like a weird body swapping stage, apparently. Yeah. That's like their equivalent, their family equivalent of puberty. Yeah, and it's like they sort of like Taki they has just... no equivalent. Taki is like no, we don't touch his family structure at all. He's got a dad. He's got a dad got who dad just tells no him, mom. "Hey, kid, by the way, um, if you at least show up to school if you're going to be late." That's it. That's yeah. our one experience with um, Taki's family. But like the whole thing about like the fact that like they all just pass it off as dreams. Yeah, because it goes on about the whole idea that like when you're dreaming, once you wake up it goes hmm. like you don't reality is not the same after your dream yeah and i really loved that they started writing notes to each other because of the um 
because that was the only way they'd remember. Yeah. And I found that, like, really beautiful and, like, not something I would bother doing if I was, like, swapping buddies with someone. <laughs> I probably would be like, um, all right, I'm a girl now. Uh, I don't know where I'm going to school. That, that, that was the thing I brought up while we were watching this. I'm like, if I was body swapped with someone, like, if I'm sitting, like, if I'm a high school student, I'm high school Carl, and I'm body swapped with some with some other high school women... At that point, I would just stop what I'm doing, sit in my room, and not leave, not contact anyone, because I don't want to ruin that person's life. It's one thing to show up to school. It's another to have, like, all the conversations with uh, people that that person knows, and they're like, what is the deal with this person? Why is she so weird? And I would hope that that woman that swaps into my body would do the same for me. The issue with that, though, is it's definitely a cultural thing. It's yeah. Yeah. The Japanese are very much, you wake up, you do what you have to do, yeah, you go home, and that's deep rooted in their society. Yeah. You have to do your work. J- Japan's a country where if the train's what like ten seconds late, then it's a big problem. Yeah, Grant, they have a lot Con- of contrast that with here, <laughs> and they, they contrast that of... with this country where it's just ah, oh, the train didn't show up at all today. Meh, it happens. Yeah. Um, Mitsuhara's town in the middle of nowhere has a train every two hours. Yeah, a town at the same that's in time, the it's of every two hours. Yeah, but that's, like, that's... have you been to some of the uh, rural Victorian like city? Yeah, that's I get like that. Once a day. But, but Japan's also a very like Japan has a lot of trains. That's yeah. The... But that's what. But we're talking about cultural differences. Here. I know. Yeah. Um, but still, a train every two hours seems crazy to me. Like the other thing that got me was that one they found the schools, and two like, part of me wished I understood Japanese while watching this. A film. little bit. Because like there was a lot of translator notes. There was a few translator notes. Yeah. Especially when um especially when they first switched when uh Mitsuha in Taki's body uses the feminine like sort of I or Yeah, in... so yeah. Like Chi um would say, um in Japan when you're referring to yourself yourself, you don't say I, it's there's a male and female one, and yeah. a woman will say either Watashi or Boku. Yep. Usually when referring to themselves. Mm-hmm. Where men will say ore. Yep. And that doesn't translate at all into English. Yeah. Yeah. It's all just yeah, I. for us it's just I, whether you're ma- male, female, or whatever. It's yeah. just I. And a, and a lot yeah, of like me. romantic languages, it sort of is like mm. Europeans. It's just I. Yeah, yeah. You gender stuff like Spanish. Everything has a gender, and so does like French and Italian. But like other than that, it's I. Yeah, very early on, there's a couple of notes of of there's a few pieces of language in there where they talk about like you know, they're in in um in Itamori they've got that language class where they're talking about like different dialects and provinces, yeah. and that's part of. What made Mitsuha and Taki's body so strange is she was talking with one of those dialects. Yeah. But so the people, equivalent of like pe- a redneck talking yeah. to uh, yeah. someone who's living in the city the entire time. Yeah. 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 Pe- like, yeah. Um, Taki's well, friends kind of point out, like, that's a bit strange for you to be using that language. Like, that's a bit sort of like, that's boondocks talk, basically. It's like if you, if you're like, I swapped my body with a New Zealander and I started referring to things as like, Thongs and eskies rather than uh, jandals and chili bins. <laughs> jandals and chili bins. <laughs> yeah, it's like Dungeons chili and Dragons. Uh... Chili bin. <laughs> well, that's what they call them. Is the that the actual thing? That's yeah. a thing, yeah. That's so, I've never heard that before. That's so weird. Yeah. Chili bin. Yeah. And so like, it's, one of, it's one of the language differences. Like, we call them eskies. <laughs> Americans call them cores. Yeah. Uh, England just calls them... The thing outside. Uh, the thing outside. I don't know what the the, the thing that's already cold enough. I don't need this. Yeah. <laughs> um. But like you know, it's it's just one of those differences in different locations. You call mm. it different things. It's like the Parma Parmi debate. Parma yeah. Parmi. Yeah. Okay. Like if I go to a restaurant, I ask for a chicken Parma. Mm. Anyone tells it's a Parmi can sort off. But yeah, 
did you have any complaints about the movie? Like, I, I, I know you had a few points to bring uh, up, yeah. Jackson. Watching this movie twice now, there is only really two complaints I can yeah? pull off. One, the start is very slow. Oh, yeah, yeah, I can get yeah. that. Um, watching for a second time, you start to realize that it is a bit of a slow start, but that is more akin to what a Makoto Shinkai film is. Yeah. Mm. Uh, the first half of the movie before the meteor hits, that is his films. They're usually yeah. a fantasy-esque, partial romance kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Usually much more romance than his previous films. I, I honestly didn't mind it, because it was like, it explored the characters a bit more. Yeah, yeah. it flushed them out. It get, it, yeah. Yeah, it it can't start off with the meteor hitting. No, of course. It's got to be... It, Although it I, did I start with the meteor. It, yeah, it did start it, with the meteor, but didn't but didn't start with, like, yeah. apocalyptic event of a meteor oh, exploding yeah. into the Japanese countryside. It was just... It's a very slow burn that introduces these characters and yeah. lets us see their lives for a little bit and get to know them and get to really like these characters before they obliterate one off the face of the earth. I did love that, the, the characterization, though. They made mm. the characters just very human and lovable. Yeah. Very like invested in them. them. They yeah. were great characters. One other thing I got to mention, and this is just an anime complaint as well, mm. is that um, right the two times throughout the movie they were just panty shots. That's just a normal <laughs> anime thing. First one yeah. I didn't even notice though because Alex pointed it out is to it, me. Is it I weird that I didn't pick it. up on any of them? No, like I didn't. Oh, not... I, I I don't know. I mightn't have just noticed. I wasn't looking for it because I'm not a creep. Yes. But Alex pointed him out every time. <laughs> no, he didn't miss the next one. The, the next one's what annoyed me. Yeah. The next one happened in the middle of the giant climax of the movie. Yeah. And it was just kind of thrown in there. It wasn't in, like, it wasn't brought to attention, but it was there. And I noticed it for that second. And I was like, it brought me a bit out of this climax. And I was like, oh. Jackson, you're my resident expert on Japanese media. Yeah. Is that, what, is there a, like, thing to do with panty shots in anime? It's what what's the reasoning behind that? Perverts. Yeah, yeah it's, that's that, just it. It's just that they want to throw in fan service for men. Watching I mean, really? Thing. But like the whole thing is one. Mitsuha's like seventeen. That too. That oh, marriable Japan, age. That is, uh, yep. In Japan, with anime and that that anything above sixteen is usually considered okay. Fair game. Yeah. Um. Um. It's still in our culture that is still quite a bit off. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. Uh, but, like, the other thing about that is, um, I think part of that's, like, in the, earlier in the sequences, Sakiya? Is that Mitsuha's friend? S- Sayaka. Sayaka tells off uh, Taki because he's, like, she's, like, be mindful you're wearing a skirt. Yeah. yeah. So, like, I feel like that plays a little bit into it, especially Power on play. the bike. Because he's the one riding the bike, so he's yeah. riding it like he would ride a bike, mm. which is, like, half the half standing up, like, it doesn't matter. Yeah. That's funny though. That's a, that's a really good like gibbet, like the differences of these two mentalities though. Yeah, I really like that. Like, cause he, she's just like, cause like when he's Mitsuha, he's just like spread legs open, and she's like, no. Be mindful, you're wearing a skirt. He was aggressive, man. like you know, uh, that Japanese girls are supposed to like you know be quiet, mm. sit down, be. And he got a love quiet. letter. Yeah, and yeah. then um, and then Taki though also there's one point when Mitsuha was being like talked about bad. He just. Got up, kicked the table over, and was like, "No, sits Punks. down." Yeah, I really like that. Like they, I like how they started doing stuff for each other, really, mm. but also hated each other when they were doing it. Yeah, oh, yeah. Stop wasting my money. Stop, stop, stop inter- taking stop more shifts. About- I don't like what doing your job. Well, then stop spending my money. I need it, so I have to do my job. <laughs> yeah, I, I just love that, and also like him getting a date with um, the head. I think she might have been like the head waitress at the. Restaurant yeah. where Taki worked. 
Um, Okudera. Okudera. Um, thank you. If, if I were Mitsuha, I'd be pretty bummed about not being able to go on that date too. Yeah. Because it's like she put in all of the legwork and Taki just got to go on the date. I, <laughs> that yeah. sucks. But I think I think she was more upset that she could, couldn't. I don't know. That was that got me confused as to whether or not she wanted to go on the date with Taki or the uh, Okudera. That's true. Like it was more Taki, I'd yeah, say. Yeah, I'd but say also it... she also just wanted to live. Yeah. A different life. That was a big part of her yeah. character. She wanted to live a different life. Yeah. 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 She wasn't happy. She she didn't like living in like small this small town that's you know with this very traditional lifestyle, and so she was thrilled every time she got to be in Tokyo, which is a big thing. Um, Being a Shinto shrine maiden, though. That's like a full-time job. Yeah. And she has to do school, then comes home, does all the Ugh. Shrine Maiden stuff. That would wear anyone out. She mm. has to like get up and dance. She has to like do... She, the, yeah. Most Shinto shrines also even have stores and things like that. They have to run those. Wow. Yeah, so... I think it's one of those ones where like their their shrine, I think they were talking about, is only with them. Like runs mm-hmm. the family. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, no, it belongs to the family. That's why they were talking about the dad being adopted into the family. Yeah. yeah. But, like, what I mean is that, like, unlike... It's not... Because it's not, like, a big Shinto shrine. And a lot of people, it seemed, in the village were, like, a bit more sort of indifferent to the whole idea of Shintoism. Like, I get what you mean. Like, Shinto shrines are, like, full-time jobs, but maybe wasn't quite so intense. Considering you've also got grandma. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. It was. More, I think. I think the whole thing with the Shinto shrine was more just keeping tradition. Mm. I don't know. No, it, it's definitely. It definitely feeds into that. Of you've got Taki leading a very sort of modernized. Yeah. F- yeah, like a very modernized uh, city lifestyle, and then her, contrast that with her, where she's in Itamori, which is this tiny town in the middle of nowhere. They've got no cafes. They've got none, the like none machine. of this. The, yeah, the, all they have is a vending machine. Conveniently, the o- like the only thing they have in this, their town is two pubs. Yeah, right next door to each other. Competition. <laughs> it it what is it like the beach argument of like you you can have if you you can you can space out your um your stores as far away from each other as possible, like as conveniently as possible from each other to service an equal amount, or you can just put them right next to each other and get half and half. Yeah. that kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. The other thing that got me is, uh, like, you're right, they, they really did contrast, like which they, I found... The two couldn't be more different from each other. Yeah, and I found it interesting that, like, earlier earlier in the film, you had uh, Mitsuha wanting to, like, live the modern life. Yeah. She wanted to be in Tokyo, but later, when Taki's looking for jobs and stuff, like, well after the body switching and stuff is finished, mm. he's all about wanting nostalgia. It's yeah. all about wanting that old-fashioned landscape sort of stuff. Yeah, he's he's talking about like doing landscaping, and he's got a lot of he. I think a lot of like the stuff he was showing off was still like the, the drawings he was doing was still very much like uh, the stuff he was doing for Damori. Yeah, he was drawing a lot of landscape stuff and um and very old traditional-looking buildings. Yeah, I feel like he wanted like landscapes that would survive people. Like yeah. he wanted landscapes that people could look back on and remember, mm. which I agree with. It's like just personally, I'm like I like this idea. The differences just were made really for gags as well. Yeah, oh like, yeah. The gags were funny. The boob gag. <laughs> they, how many, how many times did they that. pull out the boob I gag? Think at least milk the boob. It was four, I believe. Yeah. It was four times. They did the first one because body transfer. What am I? Oh, I'm a woman now. So I must touch my boobs. First, and yeah. First thing you do. Second naturally. time. Oh, then the sister always walked in. Yeah, every funny. time. Uh, second time happens where at that point we're like, oh, here it opens again. Next time. He's like, oh, I shouldn't do it. So she's happy. 
opens the sister opens the door, he's doing it. Yeah, because it's listed in a note, which is, please stop touching my boobs. Yeah. <laughs> it was one time. <laughs> but still, but my, I swear. My favorite one, and we all laughed at this, was when it, he he finally gets back into her body after all this time, like he couldn't be. And he's just sad. He hugs the first. And then it just cuts to door opening. Uh, door opening. He's crying, bawling his eyes out, snot running down his face, still grabbing boobs, and the sister's just there. And then he crawls over to her like, oh, I miss you. And then she just slams the door and leaves. Yep. <laughs> Such a good game. One of my... Well, I'd say this is one of the few anime that actually pull off a good boob gag. I think it's one of the <laughs> few like films that I've seen that does it. Yeah. yeah. It's hard to pull that off. Yeah, the whole film is just full of like these slight things that all tie together. Like earlier you have... Um, Tessie's dad, dad being like, hey, we're going to work on weekend. Um, you're working with us on the weekend. Uh, I'm going to show you how to use explosives. Yeah, because his then, dad's in construction. Or yeah, his dad's like that, the right? construction yeah. worker. Yeah. And then I think his dad also like works with the mayor. Like, he's the, the actual, like, you, you he runs all the construction for the entire town. Yeah. He's the city planner. That, yeah. that makes sense. Because um, I remember that someone comments on the fact that Tessie and Mitsuhara are friends. Yeah. Yeah. But like, and then later when they're committing their acts of domestic terrorism, blatantly domestic terrorism, yeah, blowing up a power station, blowing up a power station and hijacking the local, yeah. um, like radio network, basically. Yeah, yeah. It's he uses the gelic knight to do it. It's like, yeah, we got bombs there. Yeah, we. Yeah, I know how to use explosives. <laughs> I I do love the comment of like, should those be going off soon? No idea. <laughs> <laughs> he's just like eh, I said. I think I set a timer. <laughs> Shows that he doesn't really know how. He's to used them a couple of times, maybe. Yeah, he's open for the best. Probably used a bit too much. That kind of stuff. Mm. So like, there's all these details, and the details like helped by the animation. Oh like, yeah, dear God, I remember it's so pretty. They're all in this like one room, which like all this electronic electronic gear, and I kept like pointing out like different gaming consoles yeah like there was a playstation one there was a super nintendo which i didn't recognize for a second the little orange game boy yeah there was an orange Orange gamecube which is super uncommon yeah and i was like what that was the thing that got me the most was that Mm. it was the orange gamecube there's a lot of attention to animation in Mm. all shinkai films i will say this i wouldn't say this is the next step in his animation it's still very much his animation this is what he does mm. but for people but comparing it to all animation previously i'm not gonna say all but like mm. a lot a lot of animation he is a much farther step above as far as the animation in this movie goes it's really impressive some of the some like the quality and some of the sh- and some of the shots in this look so pretty and there's a couple of things that just really impress me where not only have they got these large sweeping tracking shots but you've also got things like rotation yeah so, so, so the idea of like an animated, like a two D animated movie having this like panning shot of a room, and yeah. you've got that element of movement and rotation in it, so you've got pers- multiple perspective changes in that one shot is crazy. And the amount of times they like change the focus, yeah, focus shifting as well. That's something else, something I haven't seen much in an animated movie. Like I was watching, like being like, I can barely focus shift when I'm using a camera, no. let alone let alone in in two D animation, animated film. Like, and it looked natural. And it, yeah, it worked. It just, it's the shot the shot choices in this movie make it look like an actual cinematic piece. Yeah. Only they've just like cut like it, it. It's it's shot like it's a movie, but it's animated. Which yeah. is something that really is very impressive. The it's only thing that see. I can think of that wasn't completely was when Taki as Mitsuha grabs a mirror. Yeah. The the camera is the mirror. Yeah. And like you see the fingerprint. 
Yeah. And that sort of was like, all right, that's a bit more like cartoonish. Yeah. Than I would say like in a regular film because like normally you avoid touching mm. the camera. Yeah. But yeah, I still liked it. It was still like really good. Mm. That was really pr- it, it, and and there was a lot of like Jackson. I know was talking about when you were when Jackson was trying to sell me on this movie. He was talking about like a lot of the detailing animation where he's uh, talking about like the opening sequence when uh, you see it when you see someone chopping a tomato in this cooking scene. Still love it. Just a tomato being cut with such accuracy to the point where in every anime, the, if you have a cooking anime, they do the thing where they just grab onions or lettuce and just go machine gun. Yeah, they just chop it into pieces. This one's just a simple cut. Cuts a tomato in half, and you see the little squish as if it's a real fleshy tomato. Mm. Falls to the side, and you can see all the little it's detail. Little bit exactly. It glistens a little bit. There's like, I was just annoyed about the people cutting onions while we were watching it. Like those. Things. <laughs> <laughs> Damn those onion cutters in Jackson's bedroom. <laughs> yeah, like they got to me. <laughs> I need to get my onions, guys. <laughs> but yeah, like you're right. There, there was like so much detail, and like when they cut back, like you had the little seeds and the tomato, and that's like. N- Less than a one second of shot, but there's so many phases of it where you've got like the knife coming down to it, then like the squish, like the tomato squishing in a little bit, and then cutting through, and then it falls to sides. And that's that's something you just don't see that kind of attention to detail. It's just like you could make that a quick chop done and yeah. gone. This cut directly to an egg as well being yes. broken, poured straight into a pan, and you see it drip into the pan and then over into the cracks of the other eggs and into the crevices. Yeah. It just this is what it the de- the detail in this movie. It's just that. You they like to add little dog. ones. It doesn't have the detail of my cooking sequence, which is trying to fish out the eggshell that I've actually yeah. dropped. Yeah. <laughs> Call in accuracy on that. Literally unwatchable. <laughs> um, but yeah, like there was so much detail and like it got to me and like it mm. didn't like the water sparkled, especially during the twilight period when they're in the they're in the, the caldera of the good. of the mountain. Yeah. Like and they're just standing on the ledge and it's like you see like the light as it's setting and it's just sparkling and it's like Oh no! Mm. Oh no! There's also, yeah, and there's a, there's a few really good, just great cinematic shots of um, when the two are by um, which not by the not not a shrine, but when they're tr- when the two actually meet each other, and you've got you can see them in different time periods where when Taki's running alongside this crater, you can see the like this this second lake in the background, like this crater. Then it cuts back to Mitsuha, and you and and it's just the town. Like there's a yeah. great there's there's a great point where it just cuts right between those two and it's the same shot, yeah. but just with different people and you go, oh oh my god, like yeah yeah it's it's impressive. They're and both there trying shot. to like meet each other almost, mm. but they can't quite. And that bastard Taki has to not write his name. Yeah, why didn't Taki write his name? I hate you her bastard. because he loved her. But it got to me just because couldn't, she couldn't remember him at least. All she knows is some guy loves her. Like, that's just, what we got. Yeah. Just write Taki, and then it's like, she'll remember you. But no, you have to both forget each other. That was the point, though, of the entire movie, though, yeah. that they're living a dream. Mm. Yeah. They, have, they had to forget. And yeah. it ties yeah. heavily into Japan having a, the idea of the red string of fate, yeah. where they even showed the red string at one they, point. Yeah, the they, they straight up showed that Mitsuha wears this red braid around it uh, on her hair. Um, to symbolize yep. the same thing, Taki has the one on his uh, on his wrist, which is yeah. the one that Mitsuha wears. Which in is her the one, hair. Mi- yeah, yeah. So things that so they're like destined to be together. Mm. Yeah, and this whole dream sequence is just yeah. there it's, to like oh, it's a way of doing so. When um when uh also there's the whole thing when uh Taki drinks 
the sake. Spit sake. Yeah. Someone get the name for that. I think it's like Kuchikama sake. It's a big name. That sounds about right, actually. And it's like he's got the red he's got the red string like tied around yeah. his wrist that's just attached to um Kuchikami Zaki. Yeah, so I was yeah. right. Yeah. yeah, good job. So like it's attached to his wrist and like and it, and it attaches him to Mitsuha. Yeah, and so like he's just falling and it's just that wild dream sequence, which I found was beautiful. It was really pretty. Like not to the. It was like interesting to see an animated dream sequence. Like <laughs> it's always interesting to see how they do them because mm. like different animated films would tackle it differently. Yeah, like in this one, it lost some of the the animation lost its sharpness. It sort of mm. became like more of a softer like yeah. Not to say that it still wasn't amazing, but like yeah. it also like some of the colors started to get mixed up. It was a lot more colorful, mm. less photorealistic, and I love that though. It was just a beautiful de- dream sequence. It very much contrasts, you know, the Ghibli films. Yeah, yeah. which, which oh. are all color. Yeah, all color, very sharp animation, like mm. bubbly, yeah. but like you can see the ver- you can see the borderlines of every single thing. Yeah. Mm. Well, this blends. Yeah, it blends really well. And that also works in with um, I was pretty impressed. Like the moment the comet hits. Yeah. And and it still brings that same quality of animation to the entire city being ripped apart by a comet. Yeah. That was surprisingly pretty, and it kind of added to the impact of like the oh 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 my god kind of moments. Yeah. Where you're just seeing the town fall apart, trees getting thrown into the forest, that kind of stuff. It's like that's really pretty, and it's also terrible. Yeah. Um. Also, the bit where. Because the thing that got me the most, though, was as I was talking about, like the red string effect, was the end. Yeah, that ending let me. I don't know. I don't know if I feel this, s- satisfied about the ending or not. Really, like I, I, I liked it. I loved it. <laughs> like I feel like I wanted that bit more closure because that film just started to get to me, though. Yeah. Like, there was an element of me just emotionally wanting more closure. I'm a big fan of like, a lot of, rem- like, a lot of love stories to have that cold close of just, yeah. like, that moment of, like, you know, the, the moment they finally meet to just go, that's it. Yeah. I, I, I like that. But that's oh, just yeah. me. Yeah, you no. Know, like, I, to, get, to dwell on it more just kind of loses some of the impact. Like, because part of me, like, I just wanted to know, because, like, part of me is still, like, do they just, like, apologize and be like, no, sorry, and then walk away? <laughs> Is that what happens next? Do they get well, together? Assuming we're following the red string of fate thing, no. Okay. That means you get together and you love each other and be together. Okay. That's what that implies. Because yeah. that might be like a cultural thing that like it isn't quite like as obvious to a Western viewer. Yeah. It's implied very much that they will be together due to the string. Yeah. That's good. Um, yeah. But yeah, there was no on-screen kiss there was no hugging nope. there was only one moment like where they got somewhat close to each other with some crying and then immediately Mitsuha jumped back and went got angry at you because yeah. boobs but you know yeah, <laughs> my boobs. yeah like yeah. the only contact they ever really had in this movie was writing Taki writing on her hand and then her Taki- starting and then and then like the phone fit disappearing yeah yeah but like yeah you're right the only actual contact was yeah. Taki writing I love you on your hand and him yeah out. the like the closeness between these people is based on both messaging each other or leaving messages for each other and uh, whatchamacallit, just, yeah, being in the other person, being the other person. They had a crazy emotional bond, yeah. but have never but touched ne- each yeah. other. They'd never had a direct conversation with each other until that moment, like, you know, three quarters of the way through the movie. Yeah. Th- yeah, they'd never talked to each other, but they still had this strong connection to each other because they had been the same person for a while. I kind of like that though, like the whole idea that like they were just because they were the same person that yeah. like they'd never met. 
because every time they swap, they swap with well. So it's just like, but like you get to know them so well because you're living their life. Yeah, like your only interaction with this with this person is what they do with you is what they do with you when you're them. So it could be really positive, like when um like when Tucky builds the her friends and them a bench to sit yeah. at. So it could be more like a real cafe. Mm. And like Mitsuha gets Tucky a date with the um Okudera. Okudera, yeah. Yeah, Okudera. Um mm. and so like, you know, he's he's getting he's getting like ripped apart by his workmates being like, <laughs> No nah, man, we promised that no one would have a go at her. But, like, Mitsuha had just because, like, she's wanting to be nice. Like, yeah. she's wanting to, like... No, she, that's it. She was just trying to be nice. And I like how Mitsuha's probably more preferred by Okutera than Taki himself. Is. Oh, yeah. I, no, that date did not go well because Taki was the one who was there when Mitsuha had put in all the legwork. Yeah. Like, like she... Like, um, what, what's her name? O- Oka, Okudera. Okudera. Um, she was... Attra- like, she's attracted to Taki... To Mitsuha as Taki... Um, because I, that, because yeah, she was just be, like better at approaching it. Taki is Taki isn't. Yeah. I think it's one of those ones where like I think there's also an element of there's got to be an element of attraction to Taki himself though. Oh yeah, naturally. It was just like I like the whole thing with the sewing of the dress, the yeah. little embroidery. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's just it's like better. It's better, and it's just I think she wears it again. Yeah, she does. Yeah, she it did. comes up later in the movie. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it's just like oh, I remember that. And it's, D- despite staying with the scene of all right, come with me now, take off your skirt. <laughs> Yeah. It's like, oh, geez, this isn't going well. Because it's the first day that um, Taki and, sorry, Mitsuhara's in Taki's body. Yeah. It's actually the second, I believe. Is it? But it's the first um, time she had ended up in a workplace. First time we'd seen it in the, it was, yeah, first time we'd also seen it in the movie. Yeah. But just oh, because yeah. of the dream, the whole dreaming and we forget things, oh, yeah. it's yeah. actually very unknown how many times they had switched. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Well, like, it's the first time we got shown, so. Yeah. Um, mm. Every time they swapped for, like, a long time was, like, the first time they swapped. Yeah. Mm. Like, because of the whole dream thing. And before they started leaving notes, it was like, what? Yeah, it didn't matter then. But then, uh, then like, the whole thing... As, yeah, you're right. I like the whole, take off your skirt. And she's like, what? Well. And then it's like, oh, no, I'll turn around, I'll turn around. <laughs> oh, wait, right, I'm a guy. <laughs> yeah. And then Taki being... And then Mitsuha being like, uh, what's going on with the Yakuza sort of thing? Mm. Oh, that dude. Like, oh, yeah. right, yeah, there's Yakuza. That's something we don't have in my tiny little town. That she knows about. You know what they do have pretty close to their tiny little town, though? What? Dude bro ramen guys. <laughs> That's the, oh. the most amazing person on the planet. Oh, you draw a picture of the place I used to live that's now a smoldering crater? Let me drive you there. Then let, let me, me drive you home. And that let me drive you up a mountain. Yeah. Like, just... And he made him lunch. Yeah. Ramen rice, <laughs> like, ramen, ramen dude's, like, the best bro ever. I think, I think he gave him the... I think the whole thing was that he gave him the drawing. Probably. As like a trade, yeah. I would love that to be the way. Just because I, yeah. I, I like to believe that's the case. Because yeah. I, I think because the ramen dude says something about the drawing and thanks him for it. So yeah, I assume he, that he gave it to him. Yeah, he said it was like a beautiful drawing. Yeah, and even then, I can only imagine the emotional response from this guy to see this drawing of of the place he used to live in as a kid. That, that's the thing. Like um, on Taki's first day, it's shown. It, it, he he notices this picture, like this one photo. Of Itamori, and it's just he, he's just like, oh, that that's the place, and there's no other notes about it of where this is. But he just goes, that's it, because he hasn't seen this place. Like he hasn't seen he's in his life living in Tokyo. He's never seen a photo of this place or any video or any reference to it. Yeah. So to see, so for I'm assuming for this like this guy in the ramen shop, that to see a picture of it drawn in such good detail. 
is shocking to him. Yeah. And especially since the place is a smoldering crater now and there, are, there aren't any photos. Yeah. Like that's yeah. one of the few. Because the whole, the whole thing where we saw it was a thing about nostalgia. Yeah. Actually, let's... Nostalgia. Let's... Three years ago. Do you remember the game we played last week with the uh, whole guess... Guess the Rotten Tomatoes score? Guess the score? Rotten Tomatoes score. Okay. Jackson's smiling. I think he probably knows what it is. You have a first guess. I don't actually know the score. I just remember listening to you guys. <laughs> yeah. But, um, uh, ro- let's see. I'm going to guess 87. So Rotten, Tom- so Rotten Tomatoes is purely an aggregate of... It's, yeah. F- like, it's the percentage of people that said fresh. Yeah. So I'm going to say that... Oh, okay. So this is done... This is performed really well. And I'm going to assume that... What, you say 87? Yep. I'm going to say 92. Carl was closer? It's 97. Uh, you know, You know when you brought it up, I thought like... No, I was thinking like... nine. I was. I think 97 popped in my head and I was like, no, no, no way. That's way too high. Yeah, it's got a tomato meter of 97% and an audience score of 94%. Damn. So only like 1 in 20 people don't enjoy it. <laughs> it's a good film. <laughs> yeah, it's like... It's a really good film. And like... I, I've, I haven't heard anyone like... Of the people I've talked to about this so far, no one's really said it was like they they didn't enjoy it. Everyone said like, "Yeah, it's good, it's great, watch it." And I, I gotta feel... and I gotta agree. Overall, fantastic. I gotta add one thing that adds to the movie we haven't talked about yet so much. Yep. is the music. Oh um, yeah, it's beautiful. Like... Wimps, the band who worked alongside this movie with the production team making scores just for it the entire way one of the bits that got me the most was the bit where i think i think it's where like you see the comet and mitsuha's riding the bike mm. and like the music's oh, playing in the background shot. and it's just a beautiful shot the music is beautiful everything about it is like so emotional and it's just perfect that song and then the two others that got me the opening and the ending music yeah and then they had all the little musical influence in between and they just added to the feeling of the movie yeah mm. like there was so much like it's very difficult to like get a sense of emotion across yeah especially yeah. in like this sort of way but it worked it felt like i was watching a film too like it wasn't like i was just watching a music video it was Playing like well. like because sometimes you get that feeling where like it's just okay this is just a musical bit mm. no but it felt like i was definitely still in the film but yeah my favorite musical moment in this film was even not the climactic one but i loved the one little musical interlude where they just cut to like a montage of the body swapping moments yeah and they just that just Mm. helped characterize the characters so much we just saw little tidbits that made them who they are like them angrily drawing in each other's their own faces sort of thing or like each other just be like idiot yeah Yeah, like like the messages that they leave each other like don't spend my money don't take more shifts But I need to. I need the money. I need the money because you keep it. taking. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> I need to take more shifts, which means you have to work them because you're spending my money. <laughs> yeah, and I just love that. Like it shows like what people do in each other's body and like yeah. how like you know people react. Yeah, like that. That's the thing. If I was if if I was from a small town at, that didn't have a cafe in the like it, anywhere around me for a, you know a dozen miles. And then I immediately body swapped into someone who's got a little bit of cash in hand, and they're a, uh, you know, they they live in the big city where they've got cafes all over the place. Heck yeah, I'd spend their money on it. And like the idea of the fact that like she goes there, looks at the price, and be like, "This is the same thing that I could afford for a month I, yeah. back home." This this cake I'm about to eat, I live. I the the money it costs for that is how much I spend on a on a month of living. Like my family uses this to live. And there's, a, there's also some great shot transitions in there of, like, holding up the phone to take a picture of the food and then pulling the phone down and it's gone. That's 
brilliant. Some of those some of those shots during those cafe scenes are amazing with those transitions. Yeah, like she she opens up her phone and it's over and then she pulls it back and it's gone. It's so pretty. And it's so smooth. That's the thing that got me, is like so much of this film is just smooth. It's, yeah. It's clean and it's smooth and it's great. And I like if I those are the kind of shots where like I could only dream of getting those in a movie I produce. Yeah. Like the kind of camera work that goes into that and it's animated. That's the crazy yeah. thing. So much frame by do. frame drawing of each step yeah. is insane. Yeah, there's, it doesn't feel like any corners were cut on this. I, I kind of want to watch it again, but I can't do it for a while because it'll no. just wreck yeah. me again. Do a revisit, revisit it later on. Hey, you're yeah. going to mine for a movie again. Hey, you want to? Uh, <laughs> no. There's so much, so much crying I can do. Even I will admit that I did tear up on my first run through. This yeah. time I'll, I knew what was happening, but yeah. Yeah. it's just... it. Invokes such an emotional response, this mm. movie. And, like, I don't think I've... Like I was saying earlier, there's very few movies that do that. Yeah. No. Not to this extent. For, for me, at least. Like, I found yeah. it all, like, very beautiful and touching. Nah, I'm a crybaby. <laughs> I wanna, I'm going to go see what all the things he, Makoto Shinkai's made. Yeah. I would definitely recommend Garden of Words. Okay. That's what I've heard is a good one. Well, next week we've got something a bit less sweet. Yeah. So we've got another guest coming on with their choice, which is Starship Troopers. So everyone make sure you give Starship Troopers a watch if you haven't in some time, because this will be, be an interesting episode. Yeah, I have, I have a lot of thoughts about Starship Troopers. So make sure you watch that, and, we'll join, and join us next week for more Mike's Camera Action.